Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. Today on Habits and Hustle, we have Seiju Jong, who, if you haven't heard of him, is the co-founder and CEO of the massively successful weight loss app, Noom. Noom is very different than all the other apps out there because it's a psychology-based program that it empowers you to make healthier choices by better understanding yourself and your brain. And really why I wanted to sit down with Seiju, I wanted to pick his brain because Yes, the program is extraordinarily effective, but more than that, he built a company that has really dominated in an industry where fitness and wellness, there's such, there's so, it's such a saturated marketplace. And he really does, Noom does shine through. Uh, they recently raised another $540 million, which makes this the largest ever VC deal in the global, mobile, and digital health space. We talk all about his philosophies personally and professionally. And we discuss how you really build employee morale, how you can really pivot in, in, in your careers. He's a serial entrepreneur. He was a, a heavy metal, he still is, a heavy metal like just lover and had a record label in South Korea for heavy metal and then sold it, moved to the U.S., and him and his co-founder had to do many iterations of Noom to make it to what it is today. So it's a story about not just resilience, but of also just constantly taking your idea and continually to grow and grow and dominate when you have so much other people in the space competing with you. And well, You'll listen for yourself and let me know what you think. Enjoy. Today on Habits and Hustle, we have Seiju Zhang. I said it correctly, correct? Yeah, beautiful. Yes. Perfect. Thank, thank you. Who is the founder of Noom, which is, in my opinion, one of the greatest health, wellness, uh, behavioral cool. apps on the market that's been. Um, so he's going to tell us all about his journey, what makes Noom special. And the growth that they've had uh, is just extraordinary. So, and your background is extraordinary. So, I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. Uh, thank you for being here. My sister, thanks for having me today, Jennifer. Oh, it's my pleasure. So, like I said, uh, Noom is interesting because, you know, you guys have been progressively getting more and more traction, more and more popularity. I've known about you guys for many years, as I've told you before, uh, and I'm glad that the whole world is kind of now on board. Mm-hmm. But you, ha- you know, in 2019, you guys had what your 200 million dollars in revenue. Correct. Two, in 2020, with with COVID, you were at 400 million dollars in revenue, which is insane. Um, and from what I know, I know you guys don't disclose your subscribers and downloads, but um, you're—I think—aren't you guys like like basically like crushing everybody else by the millions? <laughs> um, thank you, thank you, Jennifer, for um, the encouraging comments. That 
I can tell that Noom has been growing very well since 2016, that when we launched our Noom version that the currently available for a holistic approach and a behavior change platform that deliver better weight management products. Um, we, we, were very th- we are very thankful that the company has been growing well. And this is testimonial. There's enough problem related to lifestyle management and weight management. So, um, we, and also COVID-19, I think during the COVID-19 time that people were looking for how to break their overall lifestyle and also seek for proactively invest in uh, adopting healthier behavior uh, mm-hmm. overall. So Noom received more uh, benefit. Um, and we are very thankful. Um, we make, we want to make sure that we invest more to build a greater product that we can help uh, many lives to form a healthy behavior. That's our company mission. And that's uh, why we are here today. Well, what, okay, so then let's talk about it for a second. So why, what do you think makes Noom different than every, because uh, this is a very saturated market, weight management, weight, uh, weight loss, health, wellness. There's so many apps. Um, I've told you before, I even had an, I, I was, I founded an app uh, years ago, got acquired. And since then, I actually wanted, I, I was going to do another one. And when you look on the market, it's so daunting because there's so much competition. There's so many things to choose from. Mm. What makes you guys different than all the other apps out there? We use psychology to build a behavior change platform. What that means, we found a company in 2008 because we, we have a good humanity and empathy to all mankind. Autumn, my co-founder and I, we were looking for how can we apply the scientific approach to healthcare issues and use technology to scale the service and touch a lot of lives to get let help them to get healthy. That was the beginning. And what so I will I will I will get you, Jennifer, your question. We pivot few times since we found the company. It was more fitness driven product in the beginning and calorie counting product. And we learn weight management product will, um, weight management is the best way we can uh, tackle the population health issues. And that's why we chose weight management. But the way make Noom different than the other players that we need to tackle the root cause of problem. We need to also help our end users to learn why they cannot, they could not have built a healthy habit if they had a hard time. So, we pay attention to why, not only how. So we use psychology and we approach with behavior change because that's the way we can holistically uh, uh, form a healthy outcome. So that's that. That's the way that Noom has been differently uh, built the product and we receive a lot of good support. So mobile platform is the way we scale the service. We use technology to learn the pattern, how we help our end users build a better habit because behavior change is simply difficult by monitoring and learning from many cases, we have a better chance we can help the other next numer. And that is our uh, know-how. They use technology by observing and monitoring and practicing better. We put with a human coach that who is passionate about helping others. That is the uh, news like a triangle, okay? Technology, so- coach, behavior change, yes. Okay. You know, no. So uh, that's what I, I, I uh, that's what I love about the approach. There's a much more of a behavioral change, psychological element to it than just right. the calorie counting. 
but how does it do? Do you have like a bunch of what, how does it work? Like walk me through how you help change a behavior. I know you have 3000 coaches, right? Working for you. Correct. Right. Correct. So, all right. How does it work? So when you just start the program, then we learn about what is their goal and what is their immediate health issues. And we want to learn their goal and we provide it back to them that what is the ideal program that how Noom can help the end users we call Noomers. Noomers can learn about four pillars, diet, nutrition, fitness, exercise, stress management, sleep resting, very important. And we don't just dump the knowledge. We apply psychological, we apply in the psychology way that's how we can help them to understand why they had a hard time and how this time is a different play because as we change their overall behavior, they can adopt healthier lifestyle. Because our goal is we want end users, our numerous can adopt healthier lifestyle, which is designed for long lasting. So they don't, they, is, is, so we can get away from all the fair diets. That's the way we design a product. Now, we have a human coach that passionate and empathetic people and full time. And we have highly well trained our coach and they want to help those end users. Same. We empower technology. So we're using our technology to empower them. That way they can scale the service to many more and provide the best service to end users. That is the way they can motivate them, they can guide them, our, our end users, because simply the we the, the empathy cannot be made up. So that's the way we put invite the human coach and use technology to scale the service. So that's the way we, day by day, we form a better habit and help our enders build the strong four pillar, again, diet, exercise, stress management, and sleep. Slowly, slowly, but surely they can get a better, healthy habit. And that's the way we deliver a great outcome. Okay, so then you have all these coaches. Now you're, and you're saying they're full-time with you guys, yes. right? So. Okay, so let's say I uh, subscribe to your app, right? Mm -hmm. do, do I have access to that coach 24 hours? How does it work? Do they put a program? Like, what, what's the process? So we provide a goal specialist. So it's not like an immediate, like, it's not like 24-7, like uh, the call center concept. The coach will be assigned once you are ready to take a program. And then the coach will guide you the help you to set the weekly goal and hold accountable and motivate you and help you and also specific any specific that uh, information you need further than the program that we provide then the coach right there will assist you that help you to get there so weekly basis we provide the uh, new goals and uh, the coach will respond uh, within a day and support that and change the program based on your progress and the coach will answer questions and provide information for the information as you need. That's the way the coach is interacting with our end users. Okay, so that sounds like a lot of accountability to me. Correct, right? correct, Jennifer. Yes. So where is the psychology part? So let's say I, I want to lose 20 pounds, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? And um, I have a coach who keeps me accountable, has my program. Mm -hmm. Is what does the coach have a psychology background? Like, I'm just trying to understand. So, is it more of a psychologist or a trainer or? 
So psychology is the way we help our end users understand the relationship with the food and the difficulty of building the healthy habit. So coaches are well-trained. They don't necessarily need to have a psychology background. Most of our coaches are bachelor degree psychology, but it's not mandatory requirement. But we train okay. them to become a the lifestyle coach and they help, they guide our end users. Hold, hold accountability is one of the value, but it's not the major reason why a coach is there because Noom is kind. And we want to help our end users to form a healthy habit organically rather someone drill sergeant is yelling at our users. That's a, it doesn't work that way. So our coach is right there to make sure that someone is taking care of your progress and want to make sure that you stick with the program to build healthy habits and be there. So that's important that someone who has a passion and has done that before, changing behavior right there will take care of your journey. That matters. So that's the way we approach Rather, uh, the, our end user is kind of asking every time what they eat or because our program is very robust anyway. So our program is customized and provide the program based on your status and the, how you engage that. But our coach is right there as a literally the coach. You are in the driver's seat. Coach is not going to drive your car, but coach is going to be guide you and help you. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, I mean, and the growth has been, like you said, like it's been, well, it's been happening very uh, progressively anyway. So, I mean, wh why do you think, it, do you think it was because people had a much more, when, when COVID happened mm -hmm. and it doubled in terms of your revenue, mm -hmm. would you think it was just because people were much taking more life assessment on what was happening with them and you guys like, like what? What, what kind of elements do you think kind of played in as a company mm -hmm. to, to grow like that? For, so for that many people to know about you, I mean, like I said, when you go on whatever you go to download an app, mm -hmm. why, how, how did they, was it more referral based? What do you think it was? So the so Noom's approach is the way we, we launched our service is utilizing behavior changing platform. And also we obviously use mobile platform application base and we invite a human coach rather just tool or application. It's like a tool, right? So it's a very holistic approach and we are the pioneer of the behavior changing platform and we are now category expander. And I think we were lucky in terms of timing that not because of COVID-19, prior COVID-19 company knew was growing very well, thankfully. What happened was our observation is, well, first, we also address our service to, through uh, the marketing channels, but users, the market was looking for the service that is working for a long-lasting result rather mm -hmm. than diets. And people are looking for how to equip a higher lifestyle quality. Let me give you an example. Like, it became a very trendy now. Like, people wear the athleisure daily basis. People are looking for how to uh, eat healthy, and people are looking for the general lifestyle quality, right? And then pay attention about what is the good part of life. People are looking for more work-life balance. And COVID-19 time, the civil line COVID-19, the civil line COVID-19 is people are now reevaluating what is the priority of their life, right? Family value and overall health value. And a mental health care is also became a quite important matter, mm -hmm. pillar of the health. When people talk about health, mostly, physical health before, but now people are aware the mental health is very important. 
Also, a lot of people are now looking for how to have a better sleep, you know, to recharge and provide enough rest. So that's all part of the advanced change in terms of overwhelmness in healthcare sector. So the way Numo approach has been well received by millions of user base because they are simply looking for what service would be working for long lasting, deliver the long lasting result. And also which service is developed by, uh, approached by science, rather fair diet. Because mm-hmm. unfortunately, a lot of weight loss market has been like, there's a lot of stigmatized experience by uh, that the service did not deliver a good result or um, they, they, they could not fully uh, build a healthy habit that can last for a long time. So it add more the burden in their life. So um, I think it was a time that people were looking for and knew it was uh, the designed in scientific way. So a lot of you just appreciate that. That's why I think Noom, uh, Noom's growth has happened in the last six years. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand that. And, you know, let's just turn the tables a little bit on you for a second because you're a very interesting guy. Mm-hmm. This wasn't, you, you were, you were in South, you're from South Korea and were, you were in the, didn't you find, you founded like the first heavy metal record label, right? <laughs> you love heavy metal and Ooh, that was your thing. I do. Mm-hmm. And how did you make like? How, tell us a little bit about your story from from that pivot from heavy metal <laughs> to wellness, you know, tech, uh, you know, or health or weight loss technology uh, kind of uh, extraordinaire. Like, what? How did you kind of move from? Mm. No, you're welcome. How did you move from one to the other? Thank you, Jennifer. So my story starts from South Korea. I was raised from a suburb area. It's called Yosu. It's the southern part of South Korea. And my father was a medical doctor. And uh, my father operated the hospital with the other, my uncles, the brothers of him, right? And they're all doctors. And so my only memories were all like I was playing at the hospital and exposed enough about medical uh, doctor's family, uh, the story. And when I went to school, I failed to go to medical school. I, I was planning to go to medical school so I can succeed his legacy and vision is my father wanted me to become a doctor as well, but, but I, I couldn't make that happen. So I felt very bad. So I went to school. I followed. Why did you not like it? Did you not want to be a doctor? Or you didn't get into medical doctor. school? I want to become a doctor, but my, my, uh, my <laughs> probably my uh, SAT score is not strong enough to go to medical school. I don't want to sugarcoat on that. That's the reality. So I felt bad to my uh, my parents a lot, but my father told me, it's okay, pursue your passion. And then I followed my passion, which is heavy metal music. I love metal. I do listen to heavy metal music still today. I love heavy metal music. So I, there. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite? My ultimate favorite, Jennifer, um, it's a Metallica. It's, it's a daily. Uh-huh. Oh, it's incredible band. It's a great music, great performer, uh, entertainer. Uh, Metallica is my ultimate, like always go to uh, the band. And I, I do listen to a lot of recent heavy metal band as well, but you don't want me to speak about heavy metal all the time about your past, over your podcast. So <laughs> let me stop it. Why not? I think it's, I think it's very interesting. I, I like talking about, this is the kind of stuff I like to talk I, I love about people's habits. I do love heavy metal vision a lot. People ask why and I have no answer. I just, I just love it since I was elementary school. I still love that. I listen to metal every day. So and wait, wait, who are you listening to right now? Oh, wow. I, I, I just listened to like a Pantera. It's a classic heavy metal band. 
Yeah, of course. Terra is a great band. It's just like legendary good. And uh, do you listen to like Def Leppard and Iron Maiden? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, like, of course. <laughs> it's my Friday like uh, uh, evening like the, my background music for sure. My- That's hilarious. <laughs> I used to, by the way, a little side note here. I used to love Def, uh, Def Leppard. I love Pour Some Sugar on Me. I love Love Bites. All <laughs> those songs were like, I love them. Still good. So, still good. They're still great. Oh, yeah. they, they hold time. They're still great. Oh, it's, it's a very good. It's just like Beatles, right? It's a great music for sure. So, same. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe not exactly like Beatles, but, you know, <laughs> a close second. <laughs> A close second, maybe. Oh, okay, that good to me, but it's great music for sure. So I love having that music. I follow the passion. That's how I found the company at age nineteen. At the so I went to school, but I didn't have an interest to follow the curriculum. So I found the company and uh, have metal. In the beginning, I distributed music, and then I found the record label. It was quite good, successful to be honest. As a, it was, it was quite successful. It was good. It was good because. People don't pay attention to heavy metal music, so people don't know. People don't think it's a there's a market, but like there's like a lot of mania, right? People like, spend dollars. People work hard to buy the heavy metal music CD by the time CD and LP. So, hundred percent, I totally agree with you. I used to work for a record label, so I know this very well. Yeah. So there's a lot of yeah. like, people who 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 love that the post big genre. They they just like devote everything right they, they totally spend a lot of time and money because it's it's important music is their life <laughs> so did you did, then did you find any like great uh heavy metal bands in south korea and who and are they still around are they making tons of money now like what's happened to yeah them? they are still there and uh i i sometimes check over youtube and uh, watch their concert it's incredible still there but I don't think they're making a ton of money. They didn't make a ton of money by then, but still the same, but they follow the passion, which is admirable. I actually introduced a lot of European band to Korea and uh, European and American band to Korea by the time, the heavy metal band, you know? Wow. So is that label still around or is it gone? No, it's gone. I consolidated with our competitor by the time, by, by the time that I came to the United States. I consolidated that. Did you make any money off of yeah, the label? I, I made a pretty good money to be honest. It was a pretty good business, Jennifer. Really? Yeah. How much did you make off of that? Business? Uh, a few single million dollars. It was pretty good. Wow. Yeah. Look at, and you were young. How old were you when you sold I it? I was 20, early 20s. That's inc- How old are you now? You look like you're like 11 right now. How old are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. I'm like, I'm, I'm only 40 now. <laughs> You're 40? Oh my God. Well, what, your skin looks fantastic. Are you, you, have a, you must have a great skin regimen. You look like you're like literally like 12. I mean, unless this is a great filter, you look so young. No, I use Noom. <laughs> you use Noom. Well, there you go. Exactly. Thank you. Um, all right. So now we got that part out of the sure. way. So then how did you go from, you sell your, you sell your record label, heart, your heavy metal record label for a few million or millions of dollars. You moved to, why did you move to the States then? What was the reason? Very simple. So I always felt like, and so, you know, like when 20s, like they're looking for a career path at school, after mm-hmm. school, right? So I had the question that I, I didn't prepare at all. I was pre-made kind of like, I need to follow the medical school and also become a doctor and succeed our family business, which is a hospital. But as soon as I, I, I failed to go to medical school, 
my life became like a reset. And um, I, so I had, I remember my twenties were quite like bumpy because first of all, I love what I did, which is heavy metal record label and distribution. And uh, I was busy for running the business, learned uh, the, the early, early version of the entrepreneurship, all that. So I was occupied for work, but I felt like always like an, at the end of the day, I felt like a little emptiness, you know, like, where am I going? That was a big question I always had. I was busy, but I was not fulfilled. And that yeah. was strange. So I could make myself, I could fulfill my schedule with a lot of work and I did enjoy the work. But again, the emptiness was like, an, it became snowball. And what I remember, uh, I was 21 and my mom called me. And then I, I realized that something's wrong because my mom's voice was like a little like um, different. And then she said like, um, father is father is sick. So got to meet, got to have family, family discussion. Go, oh my God, mom, we never had a family discussion. What do you mean? And then don't tell me father is sick. And then we need to sit down and talk. And then I was like, oh my God, this is not going to be good. And then we learned that our father uh, got a, a terminal lung cancer. So we don't have much time left. So that completely changed my life perspective, meaning that the way I see the world and I, I was lucky enough that I could spend some time with my father before he passed away. So that was kind of golden time for us. And I had a lot of discussion with my father and my father helped me to, uh, to set the priority of my life, why, why we are here. All those special questions I had, to, because as a man, my father was preparing for departure. And as a young man who is, preparing for the future, right? So it was kind of very interesting, the moment of overlap. So my father mm -hmm. gave me the best lessons and his perspective of life. And I observed as much as I could because I love my father. And also I was curious about the life. So for instance, uh, we had a multiple, uh, the chance to, to discuss about, hey dad, why, why people die? Why we are here? You know, the questions, why? why 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 do you have to leave first right mm -hmm. and uh, why we are here at this time why right the questions are really like heavy and especially when my father struggled with the health condition and uh, he at the end he barely breathed because lung cancer con symptom he, he couldn't eventually uh I'm sorry, uh, yeah. so it was a quite powerful conversation and then uh, he, he, he passed away and in our, I was in the army because our Korean men have served for the, uh, the, the country. And then the army experience was very good for me, to be honest, because I need to, I needed to follow the, uh, the manual and protocol as a soldier. And that actually helped me to clear my head because once my father passed away, I had a lot of questions. Why my father, my father helped so many lives as a good doctor and my father was very healthy. But why my father has to be taken? And I had a lot of questions, Jennifer. Just over the questions. For sure. How old was he when he passed away? He was fifty-one. Oh, so young. Right. So, so yeah, young. he didn't. He didn't even have a, a gray hair. So uh, it was not easy for us. And then one day after my father passed away, around a year and after, I just realized mm -hmm. something that. I will never ever figure why he passed away, why it has, it has to be him. But I read, and my father actually left a very strong comment that he said, 
he was very, he said, it's okay that I leave early because my early departure will make you very strong, son. That's what he said. So don't cry. I know this is very uh, abnormal like event. Most of the fathers stay longer than like probably me. So he said, this yeah. event will make it very strong. That's what he said. So that part is my last gift that I can give it to you. But what made me feel very difficult that I, I, I need to uh, admit that I will be gone, that I know you will achieve a success. And how you will achieve success, I don't know. But I know you will do that. But I wish I could be there, but I will not be there. So that made me feel very difficult. And that really, like, uh, it, was, it was really heavy in my heart. So a year after, I, I thought about like whether I seek for why my father, let me use this energy to figure what I can do. Does that make sense to you, Jennifer? Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I spent a lot of my energy and I was in the spiritual, like soul searching time over a year, why, how, all that. And then I just woke up one day and wait a second, I will not be able to answer that question, but why don't I pay attention that how I can do better and just unleash my potential and do something good for the community because it's simply nice. And then, and then I knew that I need to get out from South Korea. Why is that? Because when I did the first my business, I realized the world is so big and my business was good, but I already saw the glass ceiling of the business. What that means is you ask about what? Have metal music in Korea? Good. Good question. Why is that? There is a certain, like the, the, the fans in South Korea to listen, have metal music, but it's not going to be like big enough that I can continue to grow with that own market in South Korea. Mm-hmm. So I realized two things is limiting my opportunity to grow. Number one, overall the market. And number two, talent. Because a lot of talents right. that I can only access to Korean in Korea. But I know the world right. fulfilled the great talents. Diversity is the beauty. That's how I chose New York City. Why is that? New York City, from my perspective by the time, and I think I was right, it's a center and capital of international city. It's very powerful, uh, full of diversity. And um, I somehow I had a belief that if I come to the United States, New York City, I mean, United States overall, but New York City, I felt like I can start a business with no prejudice behind. I can start it, and if I put my good effort, and I can do something good with no limitation. That's why I came to New York, United States in 2005. Wow. And then, so was Noom your idea, or did you have – so it was your idea. You came up with this idea, and then what? How did you make an idea become an actual reality? Very good, Jennifer. So 2005, I came – and um, I met my co-founder through random dinner, and then I fell in love with him, literally fell in love with him for three reasons. Number one, very sharp man. Number two, very humble. Number three, high integrity, very honest man. So mm-hmm. I met him again, and then we became, we got clicked. I go, wow, what a great person. And we became the best friend right away. And we hung all the time. He was the tech lead at Google, met by then at Google. And then we, we discussed... Wow, his name is Artem Petakov. And Artem and I, we hung out all the time every week. And it's interesting. 
the Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley they leads, a lot of technology companies are changing the world, literally change the way we interact with all the services. But what about healthcare? We had a we had a general question as young young people. Just like we spend so much dollars, and like eighteen or ninety percent of GDP go to uh, healthcare in the United States. But over service experience, kind of like question mark, right? And we spend so much dollars, yet we don't see the great uh, the progress overall in like chronic condition management and the obesity rate, all that. Why is that? We have a simple question, and then. We had a very naive but uh, the bold comment that because, first of all, the healthcare is not uh, paying attention to the preventative way. It's more sick care, which what what I learned from my father. Yeah. Number two, um, a lot of service providers not paying attention to patient first and users because service has to be uh, developed for the stakeholders and there are so many stakeholders in healthcare so the product might not answer clearly well to end user experience so we had like aha moment artem and i had an idea if we pay attention to end user experience and deliver great healthy outcome then a great business will follow we were naive but we believe in that and still believe in it to be honest this is our business philosophy what year was this in? This was now... 2007. 2007. And so you guys had this idea in 2007, yeah. or you had this idea? Yes. Okay. And and he comes from a background of Google, obviously, yes. we're, we're in the tech world. Mm -hmm. So one thing that I was going to say is, what is, did you find a partner also, besides integrity and humble and all that, who had characteristics that balanced out your strength? So you guys complemented each other's strength absolutely jennifer i had to i had to that's my leadership yeah. too because i'm a man who has a vision and uh, energy to drive that but i need a lot of great people and i'm very hungry to invite more great talent than you and artem was a good start and artem became my brother business partner and he's a great mentor to me now he's amazing amazingly smart and gifted man very, very smart and a computer science background. So uh, we do complement each other. And so he start with ideas. We can build this technology. Okay. Then we start the business. We start the business. That's new. So wait, so what was your strengths? So what are, if I were to ask, yes. And don't worry about not being humble. I'm, a, I'm asking you for the podcast. So I need to know. So he obviously brought in the tech side, the mm -hmm. understanding of the back end. Mm -hmm. Uh, software. What was your strength? Was it uh, vision, strategy, marketing? I would say, most importantly, my strength was I committed first. I started it. I started. Okay. So I started. And so your idea, your concept, your idea. Yes. The thing is, it's a, it's a, it's a silly to say it's a, my idea, which one's ideas, but we had a concept, but someone had to start, and that was me. And mm -hmm. I started it. And now how I found a company. I found how? So give me, what was the step one? So you have the idea. You're like, okay, I want to do a weight management company that has behavioral change. I have this friend mm -hmm. who is a great guy who has a great background. Okay. Now what? Do you go out and raise a million dollars? What's the next step? Now I, I, now I understand why you're looking for Jennifer. Let me, let me go to the deeper level for you and for, for your, uh, the audience. So, 
yes, I literally started and found the company. Of um, I I used my uh, the room I was a, I had a roommate and I registered the office as my room is office, and then the I followed the 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 lesson from the book is called Good to Great. It's written by mm. it's a, it's a it's a great book by the way, Jennifer. You know that book. I read it. I love yes, it. Yes, ma'am. So, yeah. like the book said, which company lasts more than a century, right? One hundred years, right? And those company has one similarity: they don't build a business based on the ideas, right? They build a business based on like what the the good people can build, change the world, and that was our approach. So we did not come up with oh, okay, we have weight loss idea, weight loss bit technology. So let's found a company. That's not the way we found the company. We found a company with very high level commitment. We are going to use technology that approaches approach by science to figure how we can help many lives. Use technology to scale the service, make it affordable in healthcare. That's it. And we found the company, and I started to raise capital. By raising capital, I need to also have a business plan and a prototype product. And Artem was moonlighting while he was working for Google for two years, and then he fully committed after two years. He and then uh, he fully joined, and uh, he became my co-founder. So if you have my strengths, oh. my strengths is like a um, persistence and uh, resilience, resilience that I could, resilience, you know, resilience. Exactly, I can. I could have done that. And over two years, it was not easy to be honest. If I just self-regulate myself, because a lot of people are asking, including my family, my mom, my sister, my friends, and everybody's asking, "What do you do?" And I found a company, and I, so what? Do you, so what is that? And I am figuring out right now, right? The product, and uh, the investors, they don't want to even meet me because they don't have to. So that was a very difficult time. You know what's amazing is that, you know, I come from, I'm, I'm Jewish, right? So I come from a similar background where, you know, a lot of people in my family are doctors or lawyers, and that was the path, right? Like, you, if, to be successful, you must be a doctor or you must be lawyer. a lawyer. Yeah, right? But, um, you know... You took the you took the path of least resist. Well, you took. Actually, you did not. You took. You were like the black sheep kind of. Uh, yeah. But you've had. You know. You. But you've had such success. I mean, what does your family say now? Like Noom has been like that. I know these numbers maybe are wrong ish, or maybe they're not a hundred percent accurate. But I heard you guys are now evaluated at around like three or four billion dollars between three and four billion. You're not public. I know all that, but. I mean, what is your family saying? What, what is your mom saying to you now, right? Because that's way more than any doctor makes by a long shot, right? It's interesting because I actually get the questions from friends. And uh, it's interesting because <laughs> my mom still call me baby. <laughs> yeah, of course. You are her baby. Probably. Exactly. I'm a father now. I got married and I have my children. But my mom literally called me baby because that's kind of how she accustomed to call me baby. So she, are you her? Are you her baby or youngest kid? So child? No, I'm 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 the middle. I have two sisters, but I'm the middle. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, but you have okay. So just what does she say about your success in it? Like, what does she think about it? She must be so proud. Well, this is very touching. Uh, good question, and thank you for asking that. My this is the way my mom um, 
spoke to my father at uh, last year at um, the, the the anniversary day, right? The, the memorial day for our father. My mom said, your son built a platform that can help a lot of lives. He's not a medical doctor, but he does similar thing that what you did, you know, scale, scale the way and even in global business. So life is good to see that Seiju uh, built his own journey and um, we, we miss him so much because we will, he, he's here so we can have a, you know, family time together. That That's all. Yeah, I understand that for sure. It's very sad to lose somebody like that. So, like a parent so young, it's awful. Um, mm-hmm. So your mom is obviously very proud of you. And when you first started, how much money did you initially raise? Um, I could not raise at all. So I used my own uh, the dollar that I had, $30,000. And the art also put around a similar amount of dollars. And that was our seed money. And we were... 30000 Yes. Wow. We, we bootstrap a lot. And I was extremely frugal to save every dollars, but use every possible resources to build, a, you know, uh, the better uh, the product, ideas, and business plan by the time. I still have, actually, at our office, I printed out our early version of business plan because it's so embarrassing. So embarrassing, but I printed out not for a joke because I want to remember day one. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I would love to see that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And so, when how did you then you put your own thirty thousand and what when did you raise your first round of money and how much did you raise and when did you raise it? So it took more than like eighteen months to two years to raise capital. So obviously, I raised capital from like I raised money from my best friend. Literally, mm-hmm. because, like angels, you got yeah, angel. Yeah, I did not know the words angel investment by then. And when I raised capital in two thousand seven and eight, New York City was not well and well known for startup. It was more Silicon Valley, right. and uh, the overall startup scene was not like abundant like today. These days, there's a lot of great investors and uh, now far more educated. So what I did was angel investment, as you mentioned. And I did not even know the words, but I had to hire a lawyer to write a term sheet. And the lawyer told me that, see you, that's called angel investment. Oh, okay, thank you. That's the way I got educated. Uh, the first check I received from my best friend from South Korea. And also we got a, um, the check from um, Artem's, the supervisor, the, the boss at Google. And mm-hmm. also I, I got uh, the not a, not a check at first, but... A lot of help from people, like an accountant, free service, you know? Yeah. And uh, a lot of people literally just like want help this young, poor, uh, passionate two men, you know, by the time. And it's quite a beautiful story, to be honest. That's really nice. So you had a lot of people offering their free services, accounting. How about your lawyer? Did he charge you? He charged me, but he, he charged based on like equity. And also he gave a lot of bargain mm. discount like that. So I am sure now, um, like now our equity might be meaningful at this moment. But uh, yeah, we, we <laughs> I would say so. Yes, Jennifer. Yes, yes. So we got a lot of help. I, a lot of help from many different people. People are nice. Mm. People, I mean, listen, people have, there's a lot of acts of nice, of kindness, which are nice. They should be there. I wish there was more, 
But um, it's really nice when someone is starting out for other people to offer up their services to like help out to it's I, I, I think that's always, you know, it comes back to you tenfold exactly. when you do that. What I learned before, uh, people, there are many good people out there. And now I, if I can have a time motion go back when I was in late 20s, when I found Noom, I can tell why people helped me in our term because we were so naive, but we were passionate and we worked so hard. Right. And that's powerful. It's kind of magnetic. And I think that's why people want to help because out of empathy. So some people wrote a check, $10,000, $20,000, $5,000, like that. Or someone can, I can help you for free. And they literally help for free. And also literally sometimes they feed me. Do you have food at home? <laughs> um, not much. I mean, take this. Like a lot of Oh, that's so nice to hear. A lot of times. And I, yeah. I love that. And I also think it's nice that, um, you know what I think what you said is so said that that it resonates. I think sometimes when you are naive, you you have such when you when you think to yourself, well, why can't it happen? Or not knowing what the repercussions, and you just act. You know, it it's amazing how much can happen and how much success can happen from naivety. You know, like a lot of people get stuck. Because they think too much of like what can happen, what 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 how it can go wrong or overthink it. But when they actually, you know, not think and they have that naivety about them and they just move and go, like that to me is one of the one of the key pr- principles and qualities of truly successful entrepreneurs when they have a, a level of naivety to make them to actually to drive them to move and, and, and pursue. Let me share one story. You may appreciate this. I, I agree with you. That's why I want to share one episode. I never actually share this, but I will share. So I, I was so poor, Jennifer. I literally, I was poor, but this is the way I present myself. I was probably a p- poor person by the time because I gave all the dollars that I had that I made in Korea for my first business. I gave it to my mother. My mother was... Not poor at all, but my mother, I just wanted to show my commitment that, mom, your son is ready and I can actually do a good job. So give me a chance. That's how I came to United States with the little dollars I came. So I was probably poor. So I had to do some random work to pay the bill. I stayed in the Low Island, North Massapequa at the basement, and I paid $630 per month, including utility bill. $630 $630 at the studio. So I was there and I commute to New York City. Uh, Artem worked at Google by the time, as I mentioned, for two years. And Artem go to Google in the morning and I receive his apartment key and I work at Artem's apartment during the daytime. And then I also did some random work. Like I sold the Verizon Wireless plan to people. Then I get paid like per sale. I think I received $75 per person like that, the voucher from Verizon Wireless retail store. Verizon Wireless, you were selling those programs, yeah. the plants. That's what yes. I did, Jennifer. I also sold like the gardening, uh, the seizure, and I sold like 99 cent perfume. Um, I sold this like blind instruction, all that. Like that. That's, all, that's how I get a dollars here and there and I paid 
$630 per month to survive and learn English and all that and build my network. And Artem, such a nice guy, he worked during the daytime at Google and he brought some food because Google provides free food. So he brings some leftover, like sandwich and a drink. And then we eat together at 7 p.m. and work until like 1 a.m. every night, including weekend. And that's the way we built our first prototype. So one day I met one of my mentor through my mother and he, he, uh, he fed me over dinner and said, so Mr. Jong, Seju, young man, the CEO, but you are the one, you are one of the one man shop. Yes, sir. Okay. <laughs> and uh, what's your plan? What's your vision? What's your business? All that I explained it. And at the end of dinner, he asked like, so can you tell me one more time what you do during the daytime? Oh, I do some like uh, random sales job because I need to pay the bill. And so how much money are you making? I usually make like 3000 plus more per month uh, after tax. And I, I just kind of like brag about it. It's not so bad. And he goes like, you will never ever build a real business because in order to make the $3,000 plus more, you're spending most of their valuable time uh, during the day. And even if you put 100% your like, focus to build the right business, you will likely fail. And now you are using your talent, which is sales skill, to pay the bill. And that is the way you are literally wasting your time. So how much money do you need for yourself? Oh, I'm a very light person, so I don't need that much money. Okay. Then for you, can you survive $50,000 per year? Oh, wow. That's a lot of dollars. Yes, sir. Okay. And how many people do you need? And I explained, I need engineers. I need the designers like that. Okay. I will give you $500,000, but immediately you quit what you're doing, the size job, whatever. Pay attention on your vision and build it and look for the talent that you need, engineers and product people, hire and build it. And he gave me $500,000. Wow, that's an amazing story. And he never, ever wrote a check, by the way, for this type of investment. He never, ever. He never, ever gave money to other someone, but somehow he gave it to me. And now he's... He's quite happy with Noom and he's my life mentor. But what I learned, the lesson learned from that event, time is the money. Opportunity is gold. So I was confused. Totally. And then I also convinced Artem, Artem, you need to stop Google. Google will Google is paying him well, but you gotta stop that because I need you hundred percent. We need to build a business together because what we claim, our statement, our mission is powerful we gotta we gotta do like 120 percent work hard on this and that's how we gave a birth and then we we after two years and then we completely like head down and build a product that's a i i love that story i think that is i'm so glad that you shared that because this is the kind of uh this is the kind of inf valuable information right. that I, I really want people to know and understand because, you know, there's a real, people think being an entrepreneur is glamorous or it could be, it's sexy. And the truth of the matter is literally almost everybody that I talk to and myself included, actually, you know, is not an overnight success. It's been it's such hard work. There's such sacrifice. There's such um, 
there's such like going without to hopefully ha- to to hopefully go with you know and to to create your passion make your passion into a true uh evo- to actually to to actually kind of create something that's real and i mean you you legitimately you legitimately are, are like a perfect example of somebody who's like it was like a poster child for someone who had nothing who was eating scraps and like basically selling perfume and Verizon wireless for how long until this, who was the guy you said who gave you this $500,000? So he did multiple business in LA and West coast. And, um, he's not a tech entrepreneur at all, but no. Yeah. Who is he though? What does he do? He's a self-made entrepreneur. Uh, and, um, self-made what? Entrepreneur. He made a fortune is an incredible immigrant and um, he built his own fortune by he import Samsung, LG product to United States. He import and export fashion product to Asia, all that. And then real estate, that's the way he built his own fortune. Very rich, but extremely frugal and humble person. And I think he had a little empathetic understanding that he has seen that. And you know what he said? He told me that two things. Number one, take my money and forget about all this like a part-time thing. Just pay attention to stick with your mission and work hard. That's the way you can, you, you may have a better chance. Number two, once you start, he said, I can tell you will keep growing and uh, you will have a hard time to get off from, you know, you are now right on Tiger and, uh, Getting up from Tiger is also going to be another the challenge, but we can talk about it once you're old enough. But now, enjoy that ride. That's amazing. How did you meet this man? I met him through my mom. I asked, I, I did a lot of hustling, Jennifer. You ask, a lot of people ask me, how did I meet my co-founder? Because they are seeking for probably co-founder advice, right? And I'm telling them, I attended a lot of meeting, a lot of hustling, a ton of hustling, like a ton, a random event. Really like random, like because of Verizon. How do I? How did I do that? I met. Remember, I was in the basement. My landlord, yeah. my landlord, lady's best friend was Verizon retail retail store uh, manager, and because I helped here and there, the housing all that. So he remembered me. Oh, you're a young man. Would you like to sell this program that I will give some voucher? Of course, I need a job. That's how I know her. I, I, like I did that. a lot of random thing. I met, a, I participated. There are so many free networking events in New York City, which is again, this is why I love New York City, the capital of international talent. So there's so many events sponsored by a lot of good companies. So I participated, dressed up, I behave, interest myself, my vision and company, and that's how I interact. You'll be surprised. Our only member at Noom, a lot of Google engineers came. Why? Because I was at Google campus literally like every week to meet my co-founder. And Google is a very generous company. They can they feed the guests at their cafeteria. So I came. Of course, my brother Artem always invited me. And I am sitting at the same table and I wave my hands to other Google engineers. Matter of fact, they thought I was a Googler because I was there all the time. <laughs> a lot of people think I was a Googler. Still, some people don't even know. 
they don't they 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 don't know that I was not a Googler. They <laughs> they 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 still presume I was doing some business at Google, but I didn't do that. I just literally I I'm sorry to Google, but I had a free food at there and a free lunch, and I recruit engineers. But I love it. Oh, I think this is so awesome. I love that. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So how did you guys stay? Cause this has been a lot, like a lot of partnerships, co-founderships. There's a lot of like infighting, right? And you guys seem to have, you guys have kept such a strong bond. It seems what was, what's the secret sauce to keeping that relationship so strong? And it's a mutual effort. It's a start with a trust. And also we, we really care about the partnership. So, because we know like if we, don't have a tight communication trust and people know at noon and that will be the seed of distrust and also um, dysfunction. So it's so bad because our mission is so powerful and it's, it's honorable. We really embrace that. Um, so we don't have like that luxury that we can have a fight against each other. And because Artem Petakov, my co-founder has such a very like, like he's <laughs> Complete opposite of me in terms of personality and style. He is a strength. So I need him. I need him 100%. And I hope I can deliver a good value to Artem as well. So that's where we yin and yang and yang and yin together. There's a lot of also over 14 years of partnership, professionally, 14 years of partnership. We spend a time to how we can overcome the like sometimes intense conversation, sometimes misunderstanding that. There's a lot of ways we can resolve it. So we always start with like, I have a different understanding. I want to know what what was your view? And then we resolve it. For instance, every week we start with our session, found a session in a Monday morning. That's our first schedule. Every Friday, we finish our week with the founder sessions. And then we put a lot of... Just the two of you? Yeah. Just the two yes. of you. And also every the other week, we have a session 90 minute with a therapist the coach to make sure that we get, we share anything might be difficult every the other week, 90 minutes to just make sure we have a room. And I call that clearing session. I do that very often. So this is my expression to Artem. Artem, do you have anything left in your chest? Would you like to have a clearing session with me? And we do that before we finish the week. And then bi-weekly, we have a therapist. And one more, every weekend, almost every weekend, we hang out together, Artem and I, believe it or not. You do? I do, because he's my best friend. He's my best friend. Still? Yeah, best friend. Matter of fact, after this, after this podcast, I'm actually meeting him at Central Park because we'll watch the movie, Central Park movie together tonight with uh, his kids and my, my kids like that. We are friends. Okay, wait a second. Hold on. This is such a good... Okay, let me just get this straight, okay? Mm. So to, to maintain the strong bond between you and your co-founder, mm. you guys have a Monday morning session. The first thing you do is a Monday morning hour session. Correct. Friday, the last meeting you have is together for another clearing of the session. Yeah, and also business update. Yes. And, okay. And then the third is you have a therapist you see together every other week for 90 Correct. minutes to get anything else out of Correct. there. And then you, okay, that's, and five, you then 
see each other on the weekends as yes, well. Yes, and we we enjoy some like we we like to consume the cheap wine, like seven dollar per bo- bottle, ten dollars. That's our ritual. We just drink a cheap bottle of wine. Now we have family. He has a family, so we even with wives together and kids, and we have usually like a very long dinner, like four hours dinner, and we drink a bottle and then have a tea because. Artem loves tea, so we have tea, multiple teas, and conversation. We discuss, talk. This is amazing. So, ho- luckily or hopefully, your t- your wives get along with each oh, other. Oh, they do, they do, they do. From the beginning, even before we married, I was best man at Artem's wedding, and he was my best man at my wedding. At that level. So, how long have you guys been married for, both of you? I've been married for now eleventh year, and then Artem married for now uh, eight years. How old are your kids? How old are his My kids? My kids are now six and ten, and his kids are now four and one. Oh, so the kids aren't the same age yeah, or anything, is. but that doesn't matter. This is incredible. So, okay, wow. So you guys, and then how many people work at the Noom office besides the coaches who are all, I'm sure, virtual, correct? So, correct. So uh, Noom had a quarter. Now the COVID-19 work remotely, but we are uh, 400, something like that. It had to call in your city. And over and 4,000. Where, where are most of the subscribers based? Are they US based? Are they overseas? US, United States. But what's the percentage in the US? United States and Canada together, North America is our major market. Like an, uh, around 80, mid 80% of our users are North America at this moment. Wow. Okay. Um, and what exactly would you say? Okay. So I know now how you guys get along with each other exceptionally well. Um, when was the, when was the big turning point for the company when it went from you really kind of scraping by to then? Sure thing. Wow. Sure thing, Jennifer. By the way, thank for asking your full attention, our uh, co-founder relationship. I do think you're right that it is very important. People just know if I may comment on that. A lot of, a lot of, um, Startup often co-founder start right. There's the founders, and the founders yeah. struggles, company struggle because founders are such an important like the position. And when the partners are not working well, then it immediately impact to company morale, and also it does impact to the business and service. So know yeah. that we put the extra care, and at the end of the day, he's good, my friend. He's my best friend. So. It's relatively easy to have any conversation. And obviously, we became mature. Now I'm 40, right? When I started, I was 20, late 20. So over time, we learned that how we can resolve little matters. Because a little miscommunication can file off. If you don't resolve that, unfortunately, that became like the seed of misunderstanding. Resentment, unfortunately. Or uh, the heart build next trust. That's why I want to have a weekly or even sooner anything bothers, then we write it up and then we clear that clearing session. Have to clear from chest. It has to be clearing session. I very important. Clearing session, very important partners. Clear that. And also, obviously, like say sorry, forgive, understand, hug, build together. This is not only me and my co founder, this is overall Noom's DNA too. We want. We are kind people. That's the way we design the product, 
that's the way we approach our end users because we are empathetic people. We care about our end users. And we often celebrate, we often also cry together with the end user story because often they struggle with the lifestyle, they struggle with the weight, and weight loss is a very personal, very often stigmatized experience they had before. So we don't take that lightly, but we approach with like the best science, scientific approach, and we have helped millions. We take it with a pride that we can help the behavior change. And it does work. It does really work well. Now, let me answer your question about two turning points, the major two turning points. First, we struggled in the beginning that we developed a fitness application and color count applications, but we realized we became number one in the end market. But we didn't found the company to make a quick success and sell the company. We built a company, which is company mission, help many lives as many as we can by changing behavior. So we want to help many people's lives. And we realize being a number one fitness application will not deliver that result, the, the promise. So we pivot major to weight loss. That was seven years ago. That was first pivot. Now you may ask, you know, why weight loss? I thought a lot of think, oh, we thought Noom was like, first of all, they get shocked when I speak. It's a 14 years old history. Second shock. They think we start from weight loss from day one. No, we developed the fitness products, calorie count products, and the weight loss. And why weight loss? Because by losing more than 5% body weight, according to CDC, that will deliver great outcome of overall health, like uh, the, the, the cardiovascular condition, and also prevention, uh, preventive approach on any diabetes like that. So that's why it's our target. And also, the weight management is a great barometer over your health. That's why we pay attention to weight management as an index. But the way normal approach is different. This is the part I mentioned. We use behavior change. We master the four pillar, again, diet, exercise, stress, and sleep, and do that. But now the second major point, the really tipping point for us, we forgot the most important part, human coach, empathy, the love. I know this is very sound cheesy, but it's real. So when you got the coaches in, that's when things really took yes. like action. Oh my god! Is there any? Yes. So let me ask you something. Have, are there other apps out there who have coaches? Yes, they do. There are many. Right, lots. That's what I was going to say. I didn't want to be rude, no, 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 but so mm. so then why is it that yours and you are still doing better? So first of all, there were a lot of coaching company before. And we interview the coaches and what, why are you coach, right? And most of often they, they, they answer, they are very kind and passionate people. They want to help people's life, okay? So they apply, like you, Jennifer, by the way, like just like you. You have a lot of passion in wellness and overall healthy lifestyle, and you are very knowledgeable about it. And you are sharing your the good knowledge for goodwill, with the, for, for good, literally, right? And like you, Jennifer, people want help. And now we ask, what is, the, what is the most difficult part of your work? And a lot of our coach answer that they have to do a lot of repetitive work because they need to manage their, their, their clients. And often the questions are same repetitive. And also um, the way the coaches are uh, uh, given the task is a very repetitive task. So it mm -hmm. built a fatigue. So we had a moment, 
why don't we use technology that we can reduce mm-hmm. the repetitive work can be replaced by software, but provide and empower our coach so they can perform better. Performance, they can take care of each individual better. Use technology to reduce their fatigue work. Mm-hmm. That was our That's great. that we put together. And we were so shocked, Jennifer. The first version of our product married with technology assisted with a human coach delivered three times better retention. Well, wow. Three times better retention with the coach yeah. that was actually engaged. Exactly. So that was the difference. You, 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 um, for those very, like, I guess it would be like the, the information that's kind of monotonous and people have to do over and over again, you kind of like techno, you, you, you kind of added a program so people didn't have to be like bogged down by that. Correct, Jennifer. That, that's so smart. By the way, that's with everything in life, right? Like I think so many people, by the time they get through all the busy work, they're so exhausted, they can't really even give time for what they actually are there exactly, for. Exactly, Jennifer. Well said. Well, it's so that's so I'm surprised. I mean, why is why are more people not doing that? Because and I will share our little uh, the know-how part. So we learned it's not so simple, Jennifer. Why is that? Because lifestyle, changing lifestyle it is such a big project. There is a reason why a lot of users build a little unhealthy lifestyle. There's a reason why. Often it's not about they not know about that food is bad. There's a deeper reason why. Absolutely. It's never about the food. There you go. Relationship. Yeah. Work, uh, stress from the work, stress, pressure, anxiety, and bad sleep, sedentary lifestyle that all become a root cause of why they are stuck with a bad habit. And also food education. A lot of Americans are actually they didn't have proper education about the nutrition and diets. You know this very well, Jennifer. So they built a wrong relationship on food and nutrition and the motivation on the factor. So it's a very personal. So it, it, it's not just overnight like, oh, we can figure this over technology and we can like really like change the way human behave. No. Mm-hmm. But we promised, and that's our company mission, we took a, a challenging task, which is we will use technology to scale the services, prove my science, put the human coach and amplify their love and empathetic help and use the latest modern technology to scale the service and help every individual movers can get better. That's our promise, and we are working very hard to make that happen. Mm. So, what would what would you say your top advice would be for for people listening um, for setting achievable goals? Like of all the stuff that you've seen, all the stuff with your with with the people that you've noticed, the app, millions and millions of subscribers. What would you say the give us some top tips on how to set yeah, achievable goals. I would say I'll, I'll start with a very, very often our the first time new users are setting a very ambitious goal. And we have to advise them like, let's set a reasonable, realistic goal that you can 
change your behavior over time that is not rushed, but it can really form the healthy habit for you and you own it. So that's the first. So let's set the realistic goal. And let's okay, setting realistic absolutely. goals. Yep. And let's surely build a habit that becomes yours. That way you don't okay. have to put the hard effort every time because it becomes your habit. Perfect. Okay, I like First. that one. And second, we also want to make sure let's not just pay attention about weight loss because a lot of users came to noon for looking for how to lose weight. But let's be gentle. Let's learn about what root cause of like my lifestyle, what, what is root cause of the, the meta, and let's open that up. Let's build a healthy relationship oneself to myself. So apply psychology, we help our end users to open that up. Why do you want to lose weight? And we ask, keep asking why until you truly figure the deep root cause of the desire. Why do you want to lose weight? And surprisingly, it's not often because of vanity reason, because it's health issues. Then we ask more further, then often it's because it's out of love, because they want to take care of a family or they want to be there. There is a major number of reason that number one reason that people join new platform is powerful. You mean it's not so mo the number one reason for people joining Noom is because they want to lose weight to be there for their family, not for vanity. I just skip all the 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 why why why, but that's yeah the yeah yeah all the yeah. reason because they want to get healthy. What's the success rate? Our more than sixty eight percent of users lose more than five percent body weight within uh, five to six months, and they keep it off. And they and they keep yes, it off. Yes, that's our powerful uh, the efficacy. We deliver great outcome, and it's a very organic way. So that's second. Third, pay attention how you can you can uh, forgive yourself, right? Be nice to yourself. A lot of you just are hard on themselves, so they, they when they uh, arrive to new platform or when they engage how to lose weight, their confidence level is very low. Or as I mentioned, unfortunately, the previous weight loss experience was difficult, so it became stigmatized. But think about it this way: if you start your own dating again, if you have if you have a relationship, it's very difficult to like forget about what happened before. But for you, for your benefit and for your future partner, you need to start new, reset relationship. Mm -hmm. You can't carry on. For the benefit of you yourself so be nice to you meaning like it's okay that the past is okay we don't ignore that but we understand but it's not your fault it's okay so start from very healthy foundation ground that way you can build a very positive and strong confidence you need that you know you need to believe in yourself you know build a very strong confidence that way this all part of flywheel will bring it back to you. And that's the way you can become, a, I want to learn about diet. I want to learn about exercise. I want to manage my stress better. I need to pay attention to my resting, which is sleep, so I can be ready for tomorrow. That's all important. So we encourage the end users, our numerous, that embrace yourself and then don't harden yourself. That's the very key message that we... Numerous? Like, numerous. <laughs> numerous.
Newers. Like Googlers. Yeah, we call Google. Is that where you got it from? The Googlers? Probably yes. Probably yes. Yes. We call Google. Um uh okay, the last thing I have to ask you is what are your daily habits? What do you do every day? Give me a day in the life of you, Seiju Jong. Thank you. So I develop a little better version of our new uh the, the, the COVID-19 with the new. For instance, I really pay attention uh what I eat and how I but wait, wait, wait. What time do you wake up in the morning? I usually wake up without alarm clock, by the way. That's the very important part. I usually wake up around yep. 5.30 to 6 o'clock in the morning, but without clock. That means I need to go to bed. Right. You're by a lot. Yeah. Exactly. What time do you go to bed? What time do you I go to bed? I set the goal 10 o'clock, 10 or 10.30. Okay. And I wake up with no alarm clock, and I do that every day. That means, again, I need to be disciplined. At night, I go to bed. Not easy. But right. I successfully accomplished that new habit. So I yeah. go to bed early. Exactly. I wake up early for many benefits. Number one, I feel refreshed because I go to bed. I went to bed early and then have like at least six to seven hours deep focused sleep. Very important. Second, it's quiet. So I wake up early than earlier than my wife, my kids. So I have my own time, which is a great time yeah. I can do two things: meditation, exercise. So meditation. So I meditate, like I just screen my body sense, five senses. And also I think about positive matters. I think about the difficult matters and I use that energy, the difficult matters. What gave me some you know, down my energy, difficult matters. And think about the energy to flip flop. Think this is a learning opportunity. This is a learning opportunity. Think about that. And then I ask the best mm-hmm. people that I know. I apply my hustling skill and I immediately jot down sometimes paper, sometimes email. I just ask, I'm in trouble or I need your help. I need a device. Then you know what, Jennifer? People want to help. People want to help. So Yes, sometimes. Yeah, but I, I, of course I ask politely, but I do that. So two things. And exercise. I do exercise. How long do you meditate for? Not much. <clears throat> Usually like in 15 minutes. Short for that's a lot. 50 minutes. Easy. Because I make coffee in the morning and I have coffee give me a good aroma. So I can use my five cents for no, uh, I can use more smell. It's good. Digest that. But think about it. That's pretty good. Wait. 15 minutes. And then how long? And then you go right into exercise for how long? Uh, usually 45 minutes. So 30 minutes cardio and then 10 minutes um, strength and then take a shower and I start my day. I love it. What kind of what kind of cardio do you do? So I do a rowing machine. Mm. I do uh, stationary cycling. I also went out to Central Park when the weather is good. If I go to Central Park, then it's a forty-five minutes straight uh, jogging. So you do thirty-five minutes cardio, ten minutes strength. Yes. And then, do you have breakfast? What do you do for eating? I I follow my body rhythm, meaning like if I feel hungry, then I eat. But uh, I don't do IMF. But uh, if I don't, I don't eat big breakfast. But I uh, follow how my body reacts. So usually, like half two slices of apple and coffee. That's my breakfast. Sometimes like a little more. But I follow. I don't set the rule. But I, I make my the stomach light in the morning. Hmm. Any other habits? Daily habits? Yeah, I do have another good habit I want to share with you. That I know when I get stressed. I know. I'll, I know there's a, some like a signal that uh, I will get stressed out of this conversation. I have seen it before, all that. Then I the breathe in, breathe out like seven or nine times. 
immediately lower my uh, heartbeat. It does help. Really? It does. That's good. I know. I, I know people swear by that. Um, so you do that. Did I stress you out on this call? No, you are in this podcast. Your session is very unique because you pay attention. Most of the podcast didn't ask because I think you are curious about uh, the story behind why, which is a very similar similar way how Noom is approaching to our end users, right? We we don't yeah. we don't start a program like a, you need to do that and do that. We we don't do we don't start that way because we don't want to information dumping to our end users. We want to ask why. Yeah, I'm very yeah. much. Mm -hmm. No, I, I for me, I'm an extremely curious person. Yeah. I wonder. I I love to understand why everything is how it is. Besides, I don't love the surface stuff. Like you can give me the stuff. Like okay, you know, the company does this and you do that. Wonderful. Now I want to hear how it all happened. Like from I like to understand order, like chronologically how things have happened, mm. and 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 how it happened. Like the I like to I love. Love the devil is in the details. Yeah. I love the details and the nuance because you learn. Like I feel that I've now learned so much more about the company and who you are by some of those stories versus just only <laughs> knowing, you know, that you made four hundred million dollars. New made not you, but <laughs> new made four hundred million last year. You know what I mean? Like I think this is much more of a overall broader That's understanding. That's right. And a picture. I much appreciate that. Um, that's right, Jennifer. That's fair. No, you're that's your super magic, by the way. That's super strengths. That's very magnetic, and that's the way I actually did it too. When I interact at the the the, the events, what people call hustling, but I put yes. a real effort to learn about what, how, why, like that, but politely, like you, Jennifer. Thank you. I think that's a big compliment. I appreciate mm -hmm. that. Uh, well, can you just tell everyone how to find, you know, if they want to, if they're, if they're interested in Noom or you, where they can go and. Noom? It's yeah. Say go to, go to the Apple or wherever you download podcasts <laughs> or sorry, podcasts, downloads, not podcasts, the uh, apps and check out Noom. How about you? Do you have your own Instagram or so we, I mean, Noom, Noom is easy to find Noom.com for sure. I know. I was going to say that's good. Noom.com. That's what I needed you to say. Good. <laughs> Check out Noom.com. Download Noom. If you um, are interested in behavior modification, right. weight management. Right. Um, and I think, is that all you want to say? Is that, how about you? You don't want to be, you don't want people to look for you, right? You just want to kind of <laughs> Stay over there and do your job, right? <laughs> well, Noom is a community, right? We call Noomily ourselves. Noomily, our people. Noom, I call Noomily. Noomily? I thought you called them Noomers. Noomers are our users. They are our queen. Uh -huh. Oh, okay. And we who build a Noom product, we call Noomily. And I call them Noomily System Brothers. We, we work really hard. We are passionate people that... We can help lives. It means a lot to us, and that gets us very excited. So for us, we want to put the best effort to figure how we can help our numerous to build a healthy habit for helping them to have a higher quality lifestyle and have a healthy outcome for a long term. That's I love it. And uh, we are here to make that change happen. And we believe... As we progress our product and service, we will make a surely make a big impact in overall healthcare. Hopefully, Noom can contribute 
shifting the focus from sick care first to preventative approach and holistic care in healthcare. That's our hope. I love Thank it. you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Don't hang up yet, but I want to say, th- I want to speak with you for one moment. But uh, I want to say thank you again for coming on the podcast. This was a very uh, informative session, and I, 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 I actually, I actually loved hearing your stories. I thought that were very, very insightful and useful for people because it really talks to what it takes to make a successful company, to make a successful brand. And um, I really, I, I want to say thank you for sharing with those stories with me. Thank you very much for asking that. Uh, the story, early days of Noom, it, uh, you gave me the gift today that I could actually uh, revisit our early days, which is our foundation. Thank you, Jennifer. And uh, thank you for the opportunity that I could speak on behalf of all the Noomilies and our millions of Noomers. Thank you. Habits and hustle, time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind, don't stop, keep it going. Habits and hustle, from nothing into something. All out, hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries, tune in, you can get to know them. Be inspired, this is your moment. Excuses, we ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle Podcast, powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.